And so I realized that probably for me, the number one thing in, in, in uh, even before and during and after setting New Year's resolutions or goals or aspiring to certain things for the New Year is that it needs to be begun in, processed in, and empowered by prayer. So if I could wish for one thing for you this year, it would be that you would choose to involve yourself in prayer daily. I would suggest that if you do that one thing, involve yourself in prayer daily, it'll have more impact than all the diets, all the going to the gym, all the stuff. Uh, Prayer is the most powerful thing you can do. So I just want to have a a few moments to talk to you about prayer today. And uh, (coughs) we'll start with Matthew 6. It's just before uh, Jesus gives us what we call the Lord's Prayer. And it says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, this isn't if you pray, should you decide to pray on those occasions when you pray. When you pray, the indication here is that we're not only expected to pray, but that it is a vital part of our our life and certainly our faith. And so when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. In other words, this prayer thing is not about publicly, whatever. It's not about a duty. It's not, it is about something else. I want to talk about the power that comes with prayer if we understand it. So Jesus changes everything. If that is true, and I believe it to be true, and I think Scripture teaches it's true, I've experienced it, if Jesus changes everything, wouldn't we want to invite him into everything? Now, some of us have kind of a, a kind of a compartmentalized version of, of faith. Um, I, do the, I do the spiritual thing on the weekend, and then the rest of the week is mine. Uh, you know, I invite him into this little part of my life uh, for an hour on Sunday. <clears throat> the rest of the week, you know, I just, I figured out myself. Well, what if, what if he changes everything? And always for the better. If that's true, then wouldn't we want to invite him into every part of our life? Wouldn't we want to say, Jesus, you are welcome. Matter of fact, there's this passage, Revelation 3, 20. It's a very familiar passage. It says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. We oftentimes think this is a passage for those who don't know Jesus. It's not. It would include them, but it's for all of us. And the indication there is not to just accept Jesus one time, open the door one time. The eating is an important part. So when I learned this passage growing up, I learned in the King James Version, you know, the old English. English, And it, and it was, I will come in and sup with him. Sup with him. Now, I'm going to try an experiment. It's a little dangerous because I could be wrong, okay? But I'm going to try something here, all right? Sup, right? Yeah, what's up? What's up? Okay. So, a number of years ago, I was in a, I was in a small group with Ernie. He's deaf, and, and I don't speak sign language, and I had to figure out how to greet him, and so he taught me this. Sup. What's up? It's what's up, but it says sup. In the, so I'm going to make this connection. You may or may not. He's like, why did you include me in this? You didn't even ask my permission. Uh, but here's what's interesting. When he says, I will come and sup with you, it's, it's not, um, the eating is not the point. It's the, it's the checking in. So when I, when I see my grandkids, I see them almost every day. I say, hey, what happened today? And the little guy says, oh, I played soccer today, and I scored a goal. I was really good. He's never bad. He never tells me he's bad, which he is related to me. So, um, and, but I check in every day. In essence, I'm saying to the little guy, what's up? Here is the picture here. If you'll open the door, God will come and say, what's up? <laughs> he will come and say, how was your day? 
What's going on? See, the point of prayer is not to go to a divine vending machine. It's to check in and connect with God every day. Because if Jesus changes everything, and he indeed knows better what is good for us, what is right for us, don't you want to check in on a regular basis? That's the point of prayer. Prayer is not some kind of duty or, or I have to do that. No, no, it's the privilege of checking in, connecting with your creator, almighty God, the one who knows best and has the power to bring about change in our lives. And so we begin with this understanding of prayer, this, this checking in every day, and we begin it with belief. Now, here's what's interesting. A lot of people say, well, I don't have that kind of relationship with God. I don't, how do I have the relationship? I don't have to. Just start talking to him. Just start talking. Start learning about who God is in his word and start talking to him about it and about everything else for that matter. So we think, well, I've got to be, you know, I've got to, I, uh, I, in certain churches that I, I've been to, whoever prays, I, they just, it's kind of eloquent, you know, oh God, our Father in heaven. And I'm like, I don't pray like that. If that's how you got to pray, I'm not going to be a good prayer, right? It's not like that at all. It's very simple. It's a conversation with the God who loves you, the being in the universe that loves you more than anybody else. And you don't have to have your faith all worked out. One of my favorite stories is in Scripture. And it's this guy whose son is doing self-destructive things. And he comes and he says, uh, if you can, would you heal my son? And Jesus says, can. Can. He says, if you believe, I can. In other words, the issue wasn't his power. The issue was with this guy believe. And this guy, and I love this guy's response. Probably my favorite response in all of Scripture. And he says, I do believe. Help me in my unbelief. <laughs> in other words, I do. I want to. I think. I had sort of. But could you help me with this? Here's what's so interesting about us as, as spiritual beings. Is we can't even manage to believe on our own. We even need God's help for that. But if you have just the tiniest, tiniest inclination, mustard seed size, to believe, to trust him, and ask him to make up the rest, you will find that your, your spiritual life, your prayer life, will take on all kinds of meaning and depth and impact in your life just by coming and saying, I believe. Now help me to really believe. It's as simple as that. It's prayer. So what do we do uh, with this prayer thing? We come say, okay, I want to believe. I think you are who you say you are. Help me believe that. And then we just begin to pray. We just start connecting with God in prayer. Um, it's, it's kind of a, it's a relational kind of thing. It's not a get my to-do list done, check it out. It's not, it's, a, it's like date night. If you're married, you should be having date night. Because otherwise, things get in the way, life gets busy, all kinds of things, and you start doing this. Same thing happens in our spiritual life. God doesn't go anywhere, you just start going this way. And prayer time is like connecting. So uh, Connie and I were out of town last week, and, <clears throat> and we're flying back, and, and I had the perfect thing going because I had just enough medication, so I wasn't uh, having motion sickness, but I wasn't completely uh, drugged out of it, so I was a little bit aware of what was going on, and, which is perfect for me right in the little haze there. And I'm joking. I had a patch. Anyway, so, so I look over and, and I see her awake. And so I, I've been listening to this album. It's an artist I really like. And it's a, it's a new album that he has out. And, and there's this romantic song on it. It's real cute. It's a romantic song. And so I think, let's have a moment on the airplane. And so I take out my wireless, you know, earbud thing, whatever. And I put it in her ear. And I'm thinking, now I'm going to let this play. And then when it gets to the chorus, which is the good part, I'm going to look over and go, 
and you know, it's going to have a moment there. You know, we're going to connect. And, and so I, I kind of wait, and I'm watching out the window. I'm listening and listening because I got the other one in, and she got that one in. How romantic, old people being romantic, gross, I know. But anyway, and so, and so right at the moment, I'm looking out the window, right at the moment it comes, I look, I go like this, and she's like, <laughs> Give me my I'm not even in front of you. I don't know what I even try with you. I wonder if God ever feels that way about us. If he's going, I'm trying to connect here. Wake up. I, I read a great illustration of Jill Briscoe talking about one of her grandchildren. His name is Stephen. And Stephen's a precocious, or at the time of the writing, was a, was a precocious uh, little busy little toddler, and, and would often get in trouble, and his mom would go to correct him, and, and he had this sense when mom was about to correct him, and he would just get very busy and start running so that she couldn't catch him, and she'd have to chase him and finally catch him, and even when she got him, he wouldn't look at her, he'd be looking around because he knew he was about to get corrected, and finally she would just grab his little face and get right up in it and go, Stephen, I love you. Now, we're not going to do that anymore because that's dangerous. That's how mom had to correct him. I wonder if God ever wants to go, Doyle. I love you. Now stop doing that. You're hurting yourself. See, prayer time is about stopping long enough for God to love you. That's what it is. I'm going to stop long enough to... See, I, I was talking to some guys on a Friday morning. I have breakfast with every Friday. And they were talking about movies. And I, and I had to finally admit, I'm not good at movies. I can't sit still that long. We took the kids to see Toy Story, whatever, 37 or whatever it was. And uh, a million of those things. And uh, and, and it wasn't the kids that were all fidgety. It was me. I was the one. <laughs> I just think my, who I, no, to sit still that long. And I think I have to stop in prayer time and let God love me. I have to connect. I have to put it on my calendar. I have to make it a moment because he wants to look me in the face and go, I love you. And when God loves you, it changes everything. It changes how you feel about everything. It changes how you react to everything. Prayer is about pausing, stopping, standing still long enough to let God love you. And choosing to pray, choosing to make that a part of our life, not just beginning to pray and, and, and growing into that, but making that a, a habit, a part of our life, it needs to be more than what we tend to think prayer is. Oftentimes we approach God like college students who've just run out of money and we're calling dad right? College student, you're in college, you're gonna, I need to, I can't make it. What if it wasn't about that at all? What if it was much more like sitting down with someone so powerful and so wonderful who loves you so much and just being there and being loved and being connected? So here's the difference. Real prayer is craving God. Selfish prayer is pray, it's craving what God can give you. So I just challenge you, when you talk to God, just, let's just do some percentages right off the top of your head. What percentage of time are you there because you need something? And we always need something from God. God's always got something to give us. But what percentage of time are we there because we go, hey, God, I have that. I really, really need this. Versus, God, I just want to be here with you because being here with you changes me. It changes who I am. It changes my character. It changes my potential. It changes what I aspire to. Just being here, reading your word, talking to you changes me. Real prayer is about that. I think a lot of us in our Christian maturity struggle with some real immaturity in prayer, and I certainly am one that has that problem. Have you, I have a theory. So I have a theory. I'm sure somebody has got a study on this, government-funded. But my theory is that nine out of ten times when a baby says mommy, they want something. 
Mommy, can I have a drink of water? Mommy, watch me. Mommy, can I have a snack? Mommy, mommy, mommy. And the reason we know that's true is because that one time out of 100 or 10, whichever your kid is, mommy, what? I love you. You melt. You are nothing but a puddle. Because every other time they want something. We're the same way. By the way, have you, have you seen that? Uh, you know, they, they have these, uh, these cameras on the doorbells now, right? You know what I'm saying? And somebody will post it. I saw one recently, I'm pretty sure the wife posted it, and it, and it was a dad getting his little daughter off to school, and, and he's kind of out there first, like he's, he's trying to get her, and finally she said, Daddy, Daddy, and he's like, yes, here, I love you. And before he could respond, she says, but not as much as mommy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the wife posted that one. It was pretty hilarious, and the dad was so cool. He was like, well, I'll take that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's good enough, I'll take I wonder if if all the time we're saying to our Heavenly Father, all the time, Father, Father, I need this. Why can't I just be, Father, I love you. And you've been so good to me. I'm so thankful. You see, as a child matures, hopefully at some point, it's maybe in their 30s, they realize mom and dad really did an awful lot of nice things. They're not as dumb as they used to think they were. And they occasionally will actually articulate that. And that is a sweet experience, isn't it? What if God, who is all-knowing and all-powerful and all-good, would just want us to grow in our relationship with Him in that way? Genesis 5.24, it talks about a guy named Enoch, and it's in this list of people, and they all lived way too long, and I don't understand all of it. But it says this, and it's almost like his tombstone. And it just simply says, Enoch walked with God. Walked with God. You see, we were created to walk with them. Remember Adam and Eve? What happened? In the cool of the evening, God came and walked in the garden with them. We were created to live in a garden and to walk with God. I don't think every night Adam and Eve would go, now, God, here's the list of things that we need to deal with here. Here are the things I need from you. It was they just walked in the cool of the evening. One of my favorite things is after church, my grandson will come and he will walk with me to my car. I park far away from that building. And we'll just walk. And we'll talk and I'll ask him questions and he'll ask me questions and he'll make observations and we just walk. You see, prayer isn't about I need this and I need this and I need this. Sometimes we have this thought that somehow God is kind of our business partner and he's the money side of the deal and we're the brain side of the deal. and We just need to tell him what he needs to write checks for so that we can get on with life the way it's supposed to be. But the problem is, is we don't know best. He knows best. And yes, he will write checks, if you will, when it's within his will and it's best. But that's not the point of prayer. It's a wonderful benefit of friendship with God, but it's not the point of prayer. The point of prayer is to be with God. I had an occasion this week, and I don't even know what triggered it, but I just fell into this kind of um, thought process one day of, just thinking about where I probably should be given my frailties and weaknesses and inabilities and where God has me. And I just began to all over again, more than usual, just be moved by the incredible opportunities and gifts and blessings God has given me, all undeserved, all God's grace. I don't deserve to be married to the woman I'm married to, that poor woman. She's going to have a mansion in heaven and because uh, she's just she's incredible. I don't deserve her. I don't deserve these kids. Well, one of the kids I'd probably do deserve, but the other one I definitely 
don't deserve. The things I've gotten to do in ministry, I get to work with pastors in Africa and India, and the things that I just don't deserve it. And so I had this time of just thanking God for just all that he's done in my life. If I weren't a believer, I would just say I hit the lottery in life. I just got lucky and hit the lottery and everything lined up, but I'm a believer. And so I don't believe in the lottery. I believe it was God. And for whatever reason, he has chosen to bless me. Let me tell you the attitude coming out of it. Let me tell you about my, my feeling coming out. My feeling coming out of there was awe leading to humility. Lord, I don't deserve, I tried to find some reason I deserved it. I was looking. I mean, I got some ego. I could find some things about myself that I like. I couldn't find any reason why God had been that good to me. I couldn't find any way to take credit for it at all. I was left simply standing with humility, thanking God, which led to joy. You see, throughout history, if you read the Christian writers and so write about prayer and spiritual disciplines, you see meeting with God almost always results in us feeling humbled that a God so great would love a messed up person like me and joy and gratitude. Now let me give you why that's powerful. You see, we can start our day by meeting with God and feeling humbled and full of joy. We can start our day by watching the news and find ourselves filled with rage or fear or doubt or whatever the culture is trying to manipulate us into. Prayer is powerful because that is better than this. Humility and joy is better than fear or rage or confusion or whatever it is. When we meet with God, we remember that whatever is going on is not the ultimate thing. The ultimate thing is with God and it lasts forever. This too shall pass and this will last. And I want to live my life mindful of this. And that happens in prayer. As we invite him into our lives through prayer, we not only meet with him, but we can implore God. We can request of God. We can bring our petitions. We are invited to come confidently to God as our heavenly father, not because we deserve him to answer our prayers, but because as our father, he says, come and present your request to me with confidence. And so we begin to bring petitions to God, requests to God, and One of the things that we learn as we grow is that we need to pray not just for what we think we want, but for God's will. Because one of the realizations that you come as you are humbled before God and joyful that he has accepted you and is walking with you is you realize that he knows better than you know. And sometimes what instinctively seems so right, and we almost demand of God for this thing in the end was not right, and it was not best, and that's why we must always pray for God's will, not just, okay, and your will be done, but help me discern your will. So let me give you a, a tough illustration for parents of teenage kids. Let's say you've got a teenage daughter, and she starts dating a young man in the youth group, and she's a Christian, and he's a Christian, and they're kind of keeping it on the up and up, it's good. But you're, you're, well, as every parent, especially fathers, there is never any young man good enough for your daughter. And, and that's the way it should be. Uh, and, and, and you begin to think, God, this needs to not happen. You can't find a specific reason. There's not a particular character flaw. There's not some activity happening. You just, just, just I just don't think so. And what if God knows better? You see, it's a nice thing to pray for God's will, but what, it, what if it concerns your daughter? <laughs> Or what if it concerns your health 
Or what if it concerns your business? Is it possible that God would sometimes let us go through difficulty in order either to shape us or to show someone else his power at work in our lives? And in the moment, what are you and I doing? Oh, God, get me out of this. Oh, God, oh, God. And yet, when I pray, God, your will, not mine. Lord, help me see your will, not just what I think is best, because the reality is you're not my business partner. You're God Almighty, and you do know better. And so we begin to pray and we begin to submit our will to his will. By the way, as we grow in prayer, we begin to not just pray for ourselves. We begin to do what is called intercessory prayer. We begin to pray for others. God, I see their situation. Would you work? Now, here's what's interesting. We combine the intercessory prayer with the praying in God's will. What is happening? We're praying that God will work in this situation. In the meantime, I'm gaining understanding. I'm gaining trust in God and he is shaping me. One of the most mature things I can do is begin to pray for others in God's will. To begin to pray for them causes me to have a heart more like Jesus. So here's the truth about me. The truth about me is I don't like pain. I not only don't like my own pain, I don't like your pain. And there's a good chance if you're in pain, I'm going to try to get away from you because I don't want to be around your pain. Now, nobody else is like that in this room. I know that. It's just me. I get it. There are people in the world who walk in a room, they see people in pain, they go right for them. But I don't do that. I run away from pain. The problem is I want to be like Jesus. Jesus didn't run away from pain. He moved toward people who were hurting. He moved toward people who needed hope and healing. He moved toward them. And how am I ever going to move beyond this, this aversion I have for pain other than in prayer? Jesus, help me be like you and care for people who are hurting. You see, in prayer, he is shaping me. Even as I'm praying for this other person's situation, he is shaping me. He's shaping my heart. In prayer, I can learn to not only love those in pain, I could possibly, theoretically, even learn to love my enemies. Ever been mad at somebody and then you have to pray for him? Man, I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. You know, Connie and I got a good good argument going and she's wrong as always. And I'm... And, and I'm there and I have to start my day and I have to go to prayer and I know God's not going to let me get away with this, but I want God just once to agree with me, just to be on my side once. Halfway through prayer time, I have to make a phone call. I have to apologize because again, it really was me that was wrong and God just won't let me get away with that stuff because he is shaping me in our time together and he's teaching me to care. Have you ever experience you started out mad at this person and you ended up having compassion because of the situation they were in you think jesus doesn't change everything he does he absolutely if you got somebody at work that you're just at odds with start praying for him start praying for him. not that not the god kill him prayer god's striking with lightning right now <laughs> not that prayer that's not that's not legit right the prayer god i know this person is someone you love I'm having a hard time loving them right now, but I want you to change my heart, and I want you to work in their life. And you don't believe Jesus changes everything? Try that prayer. Try it sincerely. You'll be shocked. You see, what happens when we pray is God begins to work in us. He begins to change us, and we begin to think about things and see things in different ways. As a matter of fact, one of the things that happens in prayer is we not only come closer to God in, in our relationship, we become more like Jesus. And we begin to care about things we might not have cared about before. Matter of fact, in Acts 1.8, it says the power as you pray, as you wait upon the Lord, you pray.
pray, the power will come upon you. And this happened in Acts 2. Acts 1 8 says, The power will come upon you so that you will be my witnesses. You see, God's power doesn't come on us so life gets easier or just so we can have comfort or healing. And I think the Holy Spirit brings it, but it's so that we can impact the world. How do we impact the world? We begin to see it the way Jesus sees it. I had a situation this week that normally I would have just made fun of and probably embarrassed the person. And if you're here today, I, I haven't seen you yet, but if you're here, please know I'm not trying to embarrass you. But I met somebody in a business this week and had a conversation. And usually I would embarrass them and make fun of them just because it would be funny. And, and, and probably they would have laughed and been okay with it. But I'd been praying that morning about, Lord, help me be less obtuse, less oblivious, more aware of what's going on in the world and see it more like you see it. And there was this weird thing in the middle of this interaction that could have been hilarious. I had this thought, this strong impression, Doyle, don't make light of this. This is too precious. This is too important for this. And it could have been the bad pizza I had the night before. I don't know. But I had this impression. Don't make fun of this. Care for this person. Don't get a laugh out of it. Care for this person. And so I found myself in the middle of this interaction praying and, and caring about this person and wondering what their story was and what they were going through. And, and I just began to lift them up to God and just say, Lord, whatever they're going through, just be with them today. and Don't let them be embarrassed about any of the interaction we've had here. And, and, and just, Lord, let them know that they're loved. And I just walked out of there and it was a completely different scenario than I thought it would have been if you had told me in advance what was going to happen. And I just walked out of there and I was so humbled by the fact that God would actually maybe use me in this weird interaction to just be there, to be kind to someone, to hopefully invite God to, to make a change in, and a difference in their life. Wouldn't it be amazing if that prayer wasn't supposed to be a duty or even a, 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 an opportunity to get what we think we need? What if prayer was to be this great adventure where we and God are walking through life together and he's showing us opportunities to impact people's lives? Wouldn't that be a lot more fun? Wouldn't it be great? God, what do you have for me today? Who are you going to cause me to run into today? What coincidences are going to happen today? Lord, help me be aware and sensitive to what you want to do in me and through me today. What if that's what prayer was about? You see, if we really believe this little, this little bracelet that Jesus changes everything, let's invite him into everything. Let's invite him into your day into your schedule, into your relationships. Let's invite him in and see what happens because I think he does change everything and the thing he'll change the most is you and me. I think this is going to be a great year because I think Jesus is going to change a whole lot of things around here. Join in, will you? Invite him in just on a daily basis. Invite him in and see what change he can bring. Let's pray. Lord God, we are so unworthy of your love, your attention. Who are we that you would pay attention to us as a race, as a species, or even as individuals? And yet I have no doubt from your word and from experience that you pay attention to every single one of us. Lord, from the person in this room who's not even sure you exist, but is struggling and, and just allowing themselves to hope just the tiniest bit that you might, to the person here that knows the Bible backwards and forwards. You care about every one of us. You want to walk with us. You want to guide us and lead us and grow us and use us 
to make an impact. And so today we invite you in. Come. Come be with us. Come work in us. And Lord God, we will enjoy not only your presence, but the great adventure you have us on. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.